0: Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number 17 wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we go in-depth through every single game from week 17, from Thursday night football all the way up until Sunday night football, because there's no Monday night football this week for your championship fantasy football games, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do doing up enjoying today, video please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure you leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy so without further ado let's get into my week number 17 wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with thursday night football the new york jumbo jets at the cleveland browns now this is going to be a very tough matchup For the Jets offense as starting Trevor Simeon obviously isn't ideal already and now they have to go up against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now Garrett Wilson had a decent performance last week against the Commanders with 9 receptions on 15 targets for 76 yards. Now that was good and all but that was a matchup that we all expected Garrett Wilson to be at the very least fine in that game now he plays up against a Browns defense that I already talked about as being rock solid I expect him to finish as a low end wide receiver three which to me makes him less than an ideal start now if you're in a real pickle you can start Garrett Wilson because he is a very talented player and it does seem like Trevor Simeon wants to give him the ball but up against the Browns his upside is certainly capped Alan Lazard, at this point in the season, I genuinely think that I may be a better wide receiver than Alan Lazard. He has had, in his last five games, four games where he had one or fewer targets. No reason to even keep speaking about this guy sit him down. Xavier Gibson may actually see more targets weekly than Alan Lazard, but that doesn't mean much outside of Garrett Wilson. There is no one you should even be remotely considering as a start in the Jets wide receiver room for the Cleveland Browns. Amari Cooper absolutely teabagged the Texans last week, putting up his fourth 200 game of his career. He is now one 200 yard game away from tying Megatron and Lance Altworth with five 200 yard performances. Interesting enough, there have only been two players that have put up 200 plus yards on three different teams and that is Amari Cooper and T.O. This man went nuclear last week. He had 11 catches on 15 targets for 265 yards And not one, but two touchdowns. I know he is bound to fall off here up against the Jumbo Jets defense. But with how red hot he has been over the last few weeks, it would be hard for me to truly drop him like it's hot down my rankings he should finish as a mid-range wide receiver too so I definitely understand that this is a tougher matchup but due to how much Joe Flacco feeds him the ball I think he'll be just fine Elijah Moore had his run a few weeks ago of having some real solid usage in this offense but over the last two weeks he has seen just seven total targets in both of those games and Any dream we had of Elijah Moore really coming into his own and balling this season has been killed by Joe Flacco, so I would definitely stay away from Elijah Moore. Cedric Tillman is a four or fewer target player most weeks and typically doesn't do really jack shit with those targets. I wouldn't even consider starting him in a 24-team league, so you should definitely start him this week. Start him. Sit him. This week. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys Saturday Night Football. Now, despite a poor offensive showing from the Cowboys against the Dolphins last week, CeeDee Lamb still had a great game, having six receptions on 10 targets for 118 yards and a touchdown, which now marks seven straight games with at least one touchdown for CeeDee Lamb. Against the Lions defense, that hasn't been great all season. I expect. And at the bare minimum, a top five game. I think the Cowboys are going to come out here angry. They are going to lay a pipe for that ass like they were a plumber to the Lions defense. And this may end up being the single highest scoring game of the week. The wide receiver one is certainly in the cards this week for CeeDee Lamb. Now, Brandon Cooks is a touchdown dependent wide receiver who has big upside weekly due to that, especially when the Cowboys offense starts to get hot. Now, over the last two weeks, the Cowboys defense has been the opposite of hot, which is cold. right? Against the Dolphins, Dak Prescott was under pressure all the time and didn't really have a great game. And thus, I didn't really expect much. Like, right when the game started and we saw that Dak was looking kind of scared back there, it was pretty clear that, hey, if you started Brandon Cooks, he was probably fucked in this game. And over the last three weeks... That upside hasn't come to fruition, but up against the Lions, I like my odds at Cooks having a better game. His ranking can't be super high due to his boom or bust tendencies, but if you're in a worse situation at wide receiver as a lower end wide receiver three with top 20 upside against the Lions defense, there are four worse options than Mr. Cooks. For the other options in Dallas, Michael Gallup has honestly been shockingly bad this season. Most of his games, he has fewer than three targets, and even against the Lions, I can't feasibly start him. For the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown is a must start. He has genuinely been one of the safest bets at wide receiver all year long like wrapping a Trojan around your fantasy football team. He has now had two straight games with over 100 yards and a touchdown last week up against the Vikings in Minnesota. He had 12 receptions on 14 targets for 106 yards and a score. I get the Cowboys defense on paper is great. Shout out Tony the Tiger, but I suspect St. Brown will still find his way into the top 10 this week at wide receiver. For the other Lions guys, we got Jamison Williams. Now, he has definitely seen a clear ramp up in terms of targets on this team, right? And that is very positive for his potential outlook over the last two games, but he still remains a very touchdown dependent play. And with the touchdowns being far and few in between for Jamison Williams, I would not get cute and play him here up against the Cowboys defense. Josh Reynolds has been virtually cucked out of the wide receiver two role on the team by Jamison Williams recently, making him even more irrelevant. He will likely finish outside the top 60 wide receivers as he has done in the last two games, so you got to sit him. Now we move to the Sunday slate of things, the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Now this is a game that the Buffalo Bills need to win because if the Miami Dolphins start stumbling and bumbling up against the Ravens. And they take an L there, which I hope doesn't happen. Then week 18 could be for the division. If the bills win, this is a bills team that also got an L. They took an L to the Patriots. Last time these two teams played, if you guys remember Mike Gasicki and the back uh, Jones masterclass out of the Patriots offense, it was truly a beautiful sight to behold. So, For the Patriots here, they have a bunch of wide receivers that are basically just safe bets that will not enter my lineup in my fantasy football championship, right? All year long, you can get around by playing a guy that's going to get you like 10, 12 points every single week, right? You can get around by pussyfooting around, playing the safest bets ever. But when you are in the fantasy football championship... I am not willing to play some low upside player. And knowing the Bailey Zappi New England Patriots offense, it's not even like they are really the safest bets either. Now, Douglas bounced back last week with five receptions on eight targets for 74 yards in Denver. But again, with Douglas being such a low upside player, I just don't want to take this super low upside approach, right? I want a guy that could... Potentially even crack the top 20, right? I think even in Douglas's best day, he's the wide receiver like 24, 28, right? And again, when you're trying to win your championship, you don't want 10 fucking points. Sure, maybe if your team is super stacked and you have like a million flexes, sure, he could be your flex number two or three, right? But in a normal league Need more upside, and Douglas just doesn't have much of it. Devontae Parker had a fine game last week against Denver. Four receptions on five targets for 65 yards, and he could easily do that again. But just like I said with Douglas, I don't want to be starting these super low upside players at this point in the season, and especially when they're on offense like the Patriots. Tyquan Thornton has had two straight games with just one target. Don't play Tyquan, but you already knew that. For the Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs has been straight up ass and not the fun kind of ass, right? That you can smack. You know what I'm saying? Right? This is terrible, right? Over the last three weeks, he has had three straight games outside of the top 40 and zero games with more than 10 points. If you look at an even larger sample size, right? You zoom out on that bitch. He has had only one game inside the top 40 out of his last six games. And that was as the wide receiver 16 against Philly in week 12 prior to the buy. I am not saying that Diggs has magically lost all of his skill or something, right? That he's fallen off the edge of the earth, right? He's too old. His one foot is in the retirement home, right? I'm not saying that. But holy fuck, am I at rock bottom at this point when it comes to Stefan Diggs? I currently have a ranked as a low-end wide receiver, too, because I just can't do it in myself and rank him much lower when I know how good he is. But I also, at the same time, while I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt as a low-end wide receiver, too, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he was to shit the bed again. Last time these two teams went toe-to-toe in a game where the Patriots won, he was the wide receiver 12 with six receptions on 12 targets for 80 uh for 58 yards, not 85 yards. That would be dyslexia getting me right there, which I don't actually have, but recording this video a little late at night and sometimes I just don't know how to fuck to read. So 58 yards and a touchdown. But that's a game that feels like a long time ago. That was a different offensive coordinator back then. And honestly, while Joe Brady has greatly shifted the Buffalo Bill season as the offensive coordinator, things have kind of went tits up when it comes to Stefan Diggs with Joe Brady. Again, he had a good game last time these two teams played. I still will be playing Diggs. But if I'm being honest with you guys, and I try to be honest in these videos, I'm very nervous about Diggs. Speaking about being nervous about playing someone, We got Gabe Davis. Now, last week, Gabe Davis fucked the Chargers like his name was Johnny Sins with five receptions on six targets for 130 yards and a touchdown. Now, I'm nervous to play Gabe Davis because he is about as safe as sticking your dick inside of the garbage disposal and expecting something not bad to happen, right? But I will note that the upside is so strong, right, that it puts him into the fringe start range. Gabe Davis could easily be the wide receiver 137 as he could be the wide receiver 4, right? That's just how Gabe Davis rolls. Again, if you want to be very safe, I would, and again, not just super duper safe, right? Wrapping a condom over your team, playing to Mario Douglas. I'm talking about just being kind of safe. Gabe Davis is a guy that you should probably stay away from, but again, he just cracks it. Due to the fact I think against the Patriots, even with how good that defense has looked, Gabe Davis could have a huge day. Khalil Shakira, Shakira is a lot like Gabe Davis, but the problem is he never actually really reaches that upside. He's only had one great game this season. So I'd rather take the shot from the moon, Stephen Curry style on Gabe Davis over Khalil Shakur. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. Now, wiki wiki, DJ Moore had a matchup last week that was Charmin Ultra Soft, a cupcake soft serve ice cream matchup, a matchup where I'm sitting here like the drummer boy banging the drum aggressively, screaming to the mountaintops like the guy in the Ricola ad back in the day, right? I'm talking about how this is going to be a game of the ages for DJ Moore and Moore fell. Flat on his face with three receptions on six targets for 18 yards. Now, I'm not going to sit here and complain all day because we know that the matchup was great on paper, so you would have been an idiot. To, well, I guess you would have been a smart person to sit him, right? But you're like, Nick, I, I definitely should have sat DJ Moore last week like you're just hindsight's 2020, right? No one in the right mind was sitting DJ Moore against the Cardinals, right? Easiest, ma- Easy as it gets right? As easy as one, two, three, ABC, right? We know how great more can be with Justin Field. He had just a couple of weeks ago, a three game stretch where he was a top 10 receiver in every showing against the Falcons defense. I'm not going to go ahead and parade him as a top 12 guy, but I definitely think he'd end up as that. And all of them ranked as a high end wide receiver too, up against the Falcons defense. Now the other bears guys There's just really not much to him. Now, Darnell, here comes. The Mooney has a fun nickname, but he hasn't cracked the top 30 since week nine and hasn't scored over six fantasy points in the last six games. He did drop a Hail Mary a couple of weeks ago, but that's about the only interesting thing that we can talk about him, right? Even against the Falcons defense, I'm not starting. Mooney, Tyler Francis, Scott Key is another one of these four target max guys. On a Justin Fields offense that just loves to feed Komet and DJ Moore. I wouldn't even have him ranked in my top 100 receivers, so I would stay away from him. Now, for the Falcons, even with Taylor Heineke resurrecting this Falcons offense, right? Back from the fucking dead, Undertaker-style. London had just three receptions on four targets for 39 yards, and even up against a Bears defense I think could definitely be taken advantage of here. I think it is best to just stay away from... From Drizzy Drake London, if I'm scared to start London, then there is no way in HE Double Hockey Sticks I would come within a 10-foot pole of starting Van Jefferson, who most weeks has less than uh, three targets, so no need to start Mr. Jefferson. Kadero Hodge has played in every single game this season and has just 14 catches, so that's all you need to know in order to sit him. Next up, we move to the loss Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, this is a game that is very interesting, right? Because this is a Colts team that I thought would beat the Falcons or at least be competitive. And they just got the ever-living shit beat out of them. And the Raiders just beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I know this isn't the same Kansas City Chiefs super team that we're used to, but it's still the Chiefs. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes until yesterday on Monday or two days ago on Monday, as you're seeing this, has ever Mahomes has never lost to someone in the division until that. I think he was 17 and 0 or 18 and 0. So sucks to be him. But shout out to Aiden O'Connell, the guy that's built like fucking Farva from Super Troopers. So DeVonte Adams let us down big time last week, right? Especially when you see the score of the game, you're like, "Oh my god, if you didn't watch the game and you're like, you heard your friend tells you, "The, the, the Raiders just 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 beat the Chiefs." You'd be like, "Holy fuck, DeVonte Adams had two touchdowns, 150 yards. He did all this." He had one reception on six targets for four yards. And while it definitely sucked, I expect something far better against the Colts. He is a high target wide receiver in a good matchup. So I think the bounce back is ripe here for Adams. He should be a top 24 guy this week. So I have him ranked as a mid-range wide receiver too. Again, my sort of faith in him. You just need a little bit more faith, Arthur. Is that what they fucking say in Red Dead Redemption 2? I haven't played that game in a while, but... Just need. I don't have as much faith as normal in Adams, but still Devontae Adams. Uh, Jacoby Myers has been solid at points this season, but his targets have kind of dwindled recently. I just can't get behind him right now. Pause, I get. He scored two touchdowns against the Chargers, but with Aiden O'Connell as the starter, who is... Mid in his best games. I don't want to be galaxy-braining things here and starting Jacoby Myers. Trey Tucker, a barely newer, is a solid player in a crowded offense, which makes him unstartable. Most weeks, he sees less than two targets, so I'm staying away from him. For the Indianapolis Colts, now, Michael Pittman Jr. was a guy kind of like Josh Jacobs, right? Josh Jacobs, I expect to suit up. He's out. Michael Pittman, everything seems to be pointing towards Pittman playing, and then magically... He's out. Now, MPJ missed last week against the Falcons with a concussion that he suffered in week 15. Like I said, it really felt like he was gonna end up playing, but when push came to shove and the game was about to start, it wasn't there, right? Now, I would say I definitely have ha-ha hopes, like the Panic at the Disco song that he plays this Sunday, though. I get that the Raiders' defense has looked beyond solid, but to me, Pittman is a must start in every single matchup. In his last game against the Steelers, where he exited very early on the game, he was on his way to having a great game, maybe even his best game of the year. I will have Pittman as a top 10 receiver, assuming that he plays, though I like Pittman again. Assuming that he suits up for the other guys on the Colts, Josh Downs had a decent game last week against the Falcons. But with my hunch being that Pittman is back, starting Downs is some risky business, like your name was Tom Cruise. So even in this matchup, I would just lean with a player I view in a higher regard. Alec Pierce may be a starting wide receiver on the Rashad Mending Hall. All white team, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm starting him on my fantasy team. Next up, we move to the LA Rams at the New York Football Giants. Now, for the Giants, this is an offense that I, I think Tarad's going to be the starting quarterback, but it wouldn't shock me if they tugged him out and put in a pass and paizon again, right? So I don't even know who the starting quarterback will be halfway into this game. And I have zero idea who will be the wide receiver one in terms of targets. My best bet would be either Juan Dale Robinson or Darius Slayton, but I wouldn't bet my mortgage on either of those guys because maybe Jalen Hyatt will magically be the wide receiver one this week. With Terod back under center, things may get slightly better, but this is still an offense that is just too much of a gamble to bet on at the wide receiver position for me to want to start them in the playoffs. So I'm sitting all of Slayton, Wandale and Jalen Hyatt. They all have pretty high upside because they're all pretty fast players. They have a bunch of kind of the same, like clones of the same guy, fucking Attack of the clone, Star Wars style. But um, I- I'm not touching Slayton, Wandale or Jalen Hyatt. For the LA Rams, I like all of their main guys. Puka Nakua, put on quite the performance last week, dropping his nuts into the mouth of the Saints, scoring 33 fantasy points with nine receptions on 11 targets for 164 yards and a touchdown. And it really does feel like Puka is starting to be a safer bet than Cup. but last week I said Cup was the safer bet, and then he didn't have the best game. So again, I will be a little bit cautious when saying that. Eight or more targets, though, in three straight games this week. Sets up to be a great matchup against the Giants to be Sugar Spice and everything nice here. Shout out the Powerpuff Girls. So I like Nakua. I expect a top 10 game out of him this week. Now, Cooper Cup, while Puka was hitting the Saints from the back, how you like that? Cooper Cup had just six receptions on 12 targets for 52 yards. Now, obviously, that's not an awful showing. But... Definitely not what you want out of a guy that's as talented as Cooper Cup. Against the Giants, I do expect a high-end wide receiver two game to a mid-range wide receiver two game, so somewhere from, like, wide receiver 13 to 18, 19, that kind of a range. Should be a top 20 guy at the very least. So, again, I'm not going to panic too much on Cooper Cup. You're still starting him. Demarcus Robinson. Go, Demarcus! Go, Demarcus! If anyone fucking listened to Vine back in the day, while Demarcus Robinson, I don't even remember what is happening in the vine. I just remember them singing that song. So Demarcus Robinson targets have been jumping up and down. Like he's one of those fucking bouncy castles, like in that one Christmas movie where the the one chick that's dating, I think Vince Vaughn is the guy's name in real life. And she's very scared of bouncy castles, right? His targets are going up and down, right? He, despite that has scored a touchdown in four straight games and up against the Giants defense. I think definitely think it could be five straight weeks this week. He evidently is a very high risk player, but there has to be something said about how he has played recently. I can't rank him as a top 24 guy, but he's definitely a high end upside wide receiver three for me on the week. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure that you guys go down there and lightly caress the like button. And you know, the the subscribe button screaming out to you, you know, it's texting you It's 4 a.m., it's like, oh, come over, nobody's home, right? So you know what you're going to do with that, that subscribe button. Smash it. Hulk smash it. Smash that fucking like button like it owes you some goddamn money in. Smash that subscribe. I, I just had to caress the like button, so I just lied. I'm just fucking, my mind's all jumbled. So, lightly caress the like button. Smash, giggity, that subscribe button. So, Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles, the Battle of the Birds uh aj brown despite a nice win for the eagles brown did not play a huge role in that at least for fantasy six receptions on 11 targets for 80 yards Not a bad game by any means, but again, when you're playing the Giants, like you're hoping for more, definitely. He was the wide receiver 27. Now, I won't sit here and whine, bitch, and moan about a 14-point performance, but he definitely was a bit of a letdown this week against the Cardinals. I expect him to hit him with a 619 Ray Mysterio as a top 12 wide receiver, and genuinely, if he was to put up anything... Outside the top 12, that would be a big disappointment for me. Devontae Smith had a solid showing last week. He did have much less targets than A.J. Brown, only five, but four receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. My hopes aren't as sky high as with A.J. Brown, but for Smith, if he doesn't finish as a top 20 guy, it's another scenario why I definitely would be shocked. The Cardinals defense is straight up Dick Cheese. And I would even expect lesser wide receivers to ball out. So A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they're definitely up on a pedestal for me. You definitely want both of these Eagles receivers in your lineup. Olomini Zacarias has been so irrelevant that he's not even listed in the top 110 of Fantasy Pros rankings for the week on Fantasy Pros, where I pull the stats that I pull out here to, to read, like where they finished on the week, how many catches they had, the yards, all that shit. Um, he's not even listed as a top 110 receiver. And honestly, that's rightfully so as he has basically had one or less targets every week. And it is a guessing game on who the wide receiver three is on ter- in terms of targets every week for the birds. Regardless of who the wide receiver three is, though, a majority of the time that guy is useless. So you're not starting Olamide Zacchaeus for the Arizona Cardinals. Even with their wide receiver core being relatively barren and with the Eagles' defense being so so, with how they have looked a lot better with Matt Patricia calling the plays, it is a very risky situation here to be playing any of these receivers. Wilson has gone catchless, deep list in Seattle, right? He's been catchless in back to back games with zero catches, right? Catchless, he's had zero targets in back-to-back weeks. And while I do expect him to at least catch the ball once this week, I won't sit here and pretend that you want to start Wilson. Dorch had a decent showing last week with two receptions on five targets for 45 yards and a touchdown. But just like I spoke upon with Wilson, rocking with any Cardinals wide receivers is a tough ask for me. I would rather just bet on a riskier option on a team that I trust a little bit more on a defense that... You know, I get that the Eagles defense has been pretty shit. Over the last two games, they've kind of picked things up, so th- this could this could be a bad game for Kyler. Uh Rondale Moore the short king also found the end zone last week just like Mr. Dort who we just talked about. 5 uh 5 targets, 2 receptions, 45 yards. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm not starting a single Cardinals wide receiver. Next up we move to a division rivalry matchup, the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we break down this game at the wide receiver position, as well as the rest of the games all the way up until Sunday Night Football, because there's no Monday Night Football this week, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick 'em in the whole entire universe and today Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys. But first I want to explain how the Pick 'em game works. So you're going to have to pick a minimum of 2 players from at least 2 different teams. So you can't for instance just take 2 players on the Lions. If you did want to do that, you'd have to match it with a player from another team. You can go with the Jets, the Browns, they have every single game on here as the week goes along. They will add more and more picks. So we're going to talk about the Lions at the Cowboys game here. First, we're going to go ahead and Go with C.D. Lamb higher than 90 and a half receiving yards. I think up against the Lions' defense, C.D. Lamb should be able to have a feast in this game. And we are going to match that with David Montgomery higher than 52 and a half rushing yards. I think you can definitely take advantage of the Dallas Cowboys by running the ball, and it feels like they definitely want to get David Montgomery 15 plus touches in this game. And I think he could definitely eclipse 52 and a half rushing yards. So if both C.D. Lamb and David Montgomery go higher on their number, you will see three times your entry fee if you do three picks that's six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee assuming that all of them hit now if you are due to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 with promo code notorious so if you deposit $100 they give you an uh, additional 100 you do 50 get an additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10 if you have a gambling problem please make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER Back on into things, Saints at Bucks here. Now, Olave popped off last week with nine receptions on 13 targets for 123 yards. Going against the Bucks defense that isn't necessarily the best against the pass, I do definitely believe that Olave will end up as a top 12 wide receiver yet again. Now, while I do love dancing on the metaphorical grave of Derek Carr every single week, he is smart enough to feed Olave every single week, so... You're going to start Olave every week. Again, Derek Carr will be frustrating at points this season. But again, it's, most of your guys championship games, you're not going to fucking get cute against the Buccaneers in a game that could be really high scoring and sitting Olave. Rashid Shaheed, I'm Shaheed. Wide receiver two on the team, unless Michael Thomas returns, then he's the wide receiver three. If Michael Thomas returns, though, it won't really affect Shahid's volume because he's not really a high-volume guy. He's one of those fast guys that at any point in the season could end up as an upper echelon wide receiver, kind of like he did last week. Seven targets, five receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown. But with how little amount of games those are with him balling out like that and with other riskier options that I just trust a little bit more, I think I would rather just sit Shahid at Perry, little boat and little At Perry, little boat, little Perry. Everyone, know, anyone know that song? Little Yachty song from back in the day. At At Perry did not find the end zone last week on just one target. Being a guy that most weeks would be lucky to get two targets, I would never even remotely consider starting him for the Buccaneers. Mike Evans is a must-start wide receiver every single week. There are no if ands or buts. Last week he was the wide receiver six. In a game where he had seven receptions on eight targets for 86 yards. And not one, but two tugs in that game. That's Deshaun Watson numbers two tugs in three and a half hours. This week, I expect yet another top 10 game. So I am very, very, very excited for this spot against the Saints. Now, Chris Godwin has now ripped off three games in a row with 11 or more targets. Now, every single week, having a shit ton of targets for Godwin doesn't necessarily turn into a huge fantasy day. But this has made Godwin a lot more of a reliable option against the Saints. I think he finishes as a low-end wide receiver, too. Now, the odds of him busting when you get that many targets is very low. So I do think he is a little bit safer than he was earlier on in the season. Again, not a guy I'm going to pretend that I la 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 love this week. You make me happy. Shout out Simple Jack, but... I think Godwin will be fine. Trey Palmer is another one of these guys that struggles due to his team having so many other weapons, right? Godwin Evans, Rashad White, Otten. It kind of just slims the odds of Trey Palmer popping off and having that start worthy game. Maybe one day he will be a start, but I don't think that day will be Sunday, December 31st. Next up, we move to the San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders. Now, last week... I was higher than Giraffe Pussy on Debo Samuel, right? I was thinking that Debo Samuel was going to absolutely annihilate, just destroy the Ravens defense, right? He ripped off prior to last week four straight top 12 games. It seemed like even up against Baltimore, He was set up for success, and boy, oh boy, was I wrong. The 49ers got hit with a fucking Mortal Kombat finisher. Get over here type of deal, right? Debo had just four receptions on 12 targets for 47 yards and two carries for seven yards. Facing the Commanders, though, this week, that's a defense that just, you know, sucks more cock than fucking Lisa Ann. So I am very much in the wagon that believes the 49ers defense... Or not the 49, well, the 49 defense will also probably form an Eiffel Tower, but the the offense is gonna, Ayuk and fucking Debo Samuel are gonna do that thing from, I think it's Dragon Ball Z, I'm not an anime guy. But they do the, and they fucking connect together and they form some type of, I don't actually know what happens, but it looks cool, right? I just assume they get stronger. I think that's what Ayuk and Debo are gonna do this week. The commander's defense is fucking trash, so Debo should be a top 10 guy, must start for sure. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, while Debo was on the struggle bus, Ayuk had a better game as the wide receiver 21 with six receptions on seven targets for 113 yards facing the commanders. Just like with what I said about Samuel, you just have to be very excited about Ayuk and this 49ers offense as a whole. I get that Brock Purdy literally just couldn't see the defense last week, right? He had his fucking glasses on with his cane like he was fucking Stevie Wonder or something. So I think Ayuk... Has a good game here. He hasn't been a top 10 receiver since week 11, but I really do think that he has that in him this week. Because again, the commander's defense is really that bad. Uh, Juwan Jennings is a sit. One of these days, he's going to have like four catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. But when he doesn't get that, he gets like four fantasy points. So you're not going to start him. For the commanders, Terry McLaurin is on the very fringe of being a start-worthy guy, right? Like if, you call, if he coughs the wrong way, he's going down to be a sit, right? I still believe in him as a wide receiver. But even if they end up naming Brissett as the starter later on today, the matchup against the 49ers is far from ideal. Now, I get the Ravens just play great against them, but the Ravens are, like, up here. Commanders are, like, bottom of the barrel, straight up terrible, right? The Commanders are just bad. Uh, He is a very risky option. I get he has solid upside because he's Tara McLaurin, but he could easily end up outside the top 50, which is funny right because the last two games he has had a great game and a absolutely terrible game last week he was the wide receiver 52 against the jets but the week prior is the wide receiver three so i'm not going to sit here and pretend like you need to start him but there are a lot worse options than McLaurin. Worst option to McLaurin would be Curtis Samuel. He is one of the streakiest receivers in the NFL, and as of right now, he's on the cold streak, so you want to stay away from an ice-cold Curtis Samuel. Jahan Dotson has been nothing short of straight-up ass this season. He has had some decent games, but those have barely ever even happened. I'm not going to pretend that Dotson doesn't have that dog in him and that Dotson is just terrible, But in this current situation, like, I just don't see that big game happening. Next up, we move to the Carolina Panthers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, despite the Jaguars looking like a fucking XFL team, looking like a CFL team last week, Ridley had one of his best games of the year against the Bucs. Six receptions on nine targets, six of nine. Very nice, Alex. Shout out for 90 yards and two touchdowns against a pretty bad Panthers defense. I think you would be crazy to argue that Ridley is a really bad play against the Panthers. But, and this is a big but, shout out my girl Mia Malkova, with Lawrence maybe not playing and under understand, even if Lawrence plays, it would still be a recipe for disaster because Lawrence looks like really bad. Uh, Regardless, though, I'm going to rank Ridley as a lower end wide receiver too. Again, another guy where I can't pretend to say that I love him, but. I, I still do, I still kind of have some blind faith in in Calvin Ridley, which maybe I shouldn't have at this point in the season, but we're keeping, if we're, we're being honest with each other, which we are here, I still like Calvin Ridley. Um, For the rest of the Jaguars, Zay Jones may get fed like a fat kid on Thanksgiving, but the targets don't always equal points, right? We talked about that with Godwin, that's the case with Zay Jones, and with the quarterback play being very, very spotty, Playing Zay Jones is too risky for my liking. Parker Washington did have his time in the limelight from weeks 13 to 14, but outside of that, he has fallen outside the top 60. In every start, you cannot play him. For the Panthers, Adam Thielen has been far from that guy that we saw earlier on in the season, right? Early on in the season, Adam Thielen was on top of the world. Adam Thielen was like King Kong when he fucking climbs the Empire State Building. He's pumping up his chest, right? He's on top of the world, right? He's the big, bad fucking wolf, right? Recently, he has been pretty bad. Now, he did pick things up against the Packers, but... Again, the Packers' defense is so bad that, like, anyone could do it against them, right? Six receptions on eight targets for 94 yards. Now, I'm not going to sit here and proclaim, hear ye, hear ye, he's back by any means, but I think he should be okay enough to be the wide receiver three against, uh, not the wide receiver three, but a wide receiver three against the Jaguars. DJ Chark, do 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 baby Chark was the wide receiver five last week with six catches for 98 yards and two tutties. But as someone that has a normal amount of bra- brain cells, and I just fucked that up, so maybe I don't have the normal amount of brain cells. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you know, today, hey, Junior, you know that that ain't happening. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, you gotta sit him. Jonathan Mingo, porn star name, has had points in this season where he was pretty heavily involved, but over the last two weeks. Feels like has kind of dwindled. Even when Mingo was targeted pretty heavily, he wasn't putting up good numbers. So with less targets, I don't think he's going to put up uh, great numbers. This is a DJ Chark revenge game, but he played so well last week. I just don't really see it happening this week. Now we got my personal game of the week. My Dolphins going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. The Dolphins defeat the Cowboys, but everyone's still calling us frauds. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to go to Baltimore and bend these poor bastards over a table. They're riding so hot, they just beat the 49ers. This, that, and the other thing. Well, guess what, baby? The Dolphins are coming, and we're coming big. Like, we haven't jerked off in a couple weeks, right? And you just got all that built up, and it's fucking flying out of you. You know what I'm talking about, fellas. Ladies, I'm not too sure if you know. Fellas, know So, uh, Tyreek. Without Jalen Waddle, I have to believe that Tyreek Hill might see 20 targets in this game. Now, I know I he's not going to get 20 targets. Sure, that might be a little bit hyperbolic, but 12 plus targets is definitely on the way for Hill. How the Dolphins, per- how the Dolphins, how the Dolphins perform against the Ravens is definitely a large question mark. But I think even if the Dolphins were to get fucked here without the use of lube, right, I, I still think that Tyreek ends up as a top 12 guy. He is the wide receiver one on the season. So betting against him, even against the best def one of the better defenses in the world, you're going to start him. Now, Cedric Wilson, if this was week six, right? If you flash back to week six, for instance, say Waddle's not playing week six, right? It's week six against the Ravens instead of week 17. And when more people were alive in fantasy, right? Not the championship week. I think someone would have picked up Cedric Wilson and started him. I legitimately do, and I think that would have been a colossal mistake. The Dolphins, to me, without Waddle, do not have a clear wide receiver, too, and I think that that is a lot like Oprah, right? He's going to, to um, distribute the ball pretty evenly, right? You get the ball, you get the ball, you all get the ball, right? He's going to distribute the ball evenly to everyone outside of Tyreek, who's going to get a gazillion targets. I think that Wilson would be the best bet to see the second most targets, But that is far from being a guarantee, and maybe we see them involve Durham Smythe a little bit more like they did last week, even further, lessening the value of Cedric Wilson. With the worries here and going up against a behemoth of a defense in the Ravens, you should not be starting Wilson. Braxton Berrios was the star of last week's Hard Knocks episode, and up against the the Jets was that Hard Knocks episode but he is far from the star of the Dolphins team. He is a solid kick returner, but outside of that, his touches are very inconsistent. Two or less touches in the last six games. Even with Waddle out, you got to leave Braxton on the curb. Now we move to the Ravens. Now, Zay Flowers deserves his flowers because he hit the 49ers with the fucking spine buster last week as he had nine receptions on 13 targets for 72 yards and a score. As the wide receiver, 13. Flowers is pretty boomer bust. We're going to be... Straight up honest with you. I'm always honest with you guys. Flowers is not that super safe option. And I wouldn't be shocked if Jalen Ramsey had this guy behind bars, but with the significant upside that he possesses, I just like, again, he's been really solid three out of his last four games. So, so we can't really bury him here, even up against Ramsey or Odell Beckham Jr. He had some great games this season where he looked like vintage Odell, right? You're just imagining him against Josh Norman, right? He's looking, he's looking mighty fine. Paws. Just the last two games, it's fallen down like the London Bridge, right? Three targets in the last two games in both, which is a far cry from the seven or more that he was getting in previous games. I get this could be a boom game for Odell, but I'd rather just have him on my bench. Rashad Bateman has, in my opinion, been one of the most disappointing players this season. Now, I know based upon where you drafted him, right? It's Fine that he busted. Pause, right? And yeah, I agree with that. The ADP wasn't high, so it is what it is, right? But I definitely expected more out of him. He hasn't even scored more than eight points once this season, so you didn't need to watch this video to figure out that you want to sit him. Next up, we move to the final game. Before the 4 o'clock slate, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Now, this is a revenge game for DeAndre Hopkins, but with Tannehill back under center, this Titan pass attack has taken a nosedive. It has basically imploded. The best quarterback last Sunday against the Seahawks was Derrick Henry, not Ryan Tannehill. Now, I think Hopkins could end up as a start-worthy option, but geez, does that feel unlikely? just had four fucking targets last week. Four targets! Why does he only have four targets? I don't get it. But even in a revenge spot, I'm sitting Hopkins down. Traylon Burks is a three-target guy on an offense that looks like you're watching Ray Charles try to throw the football. So you're sitting Burks, Chris Moore... Same exact thing. Everything I said about Burks, transfer that. You know, if you missed it, just go back a couple seconds, listen to that again. That's exactly what I would say about Chris Moore. Nico, cousin, let's go bowling. Collins for the Texans should be a wide receiver two, assuming that CJ Stroud is back. Now, if Stroud does not play, which is also a possibility, then if that was to happen, right? No Stroud, I'm throwing him into the wide receiver three range. Last week against a pretty great browns defense right he plays pretty pretty eh right for nico collins but again you have case keenum against one of the best defenses in the league you're not really expecting that much right like a a a decent game is good enough in that scenario now he should get a huge boost at the quarterback position going up against a bad titans defense I will ride with Nico Collins this week as a wide receiver, too. And again, if Case Keenum or maybe Davis draft deck Moni Mills starts, then we'll, we'll have to pivot him down. Noah Brown had an underwhelming performance last week after the week prior. He was riding so high. But again, that really shouldn't be shocking because it was the Browns defense again, assuming and sometimes assumption makes an ass out of you and me that Stroud is back. Brown should be back in the mid-range of the wide receiver threes. And then Robert Woods is a sit. I mean, no one's starting Robert Woods in 2023 and it's almost 2024. We gotta just uh, forget about him. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, despite a Mason Rudolph, the red Nose reindeer, surgical performance up against the Bengals on Saturday, Johnson was not a benefactor of that as George Pickens... Absolutely, it was some Jeffrey Dahmer-level murder of that defense. He laid a pipe for that ass like he was a plumber. Shout out to Mario and Luigi. Johnson had just two receptions for 15 yards, but I expect Johnson to be back as the guy this week. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that. And maybe with Rudolph under center, Pickens is the new wide receiver. one but we've fallen for shit like this before, right? Where Pickens has that great game and everyone kind of unanimously hops back on the bandwagon, right? Just for him to be dog shit the next week. So I'm still rocking with Deontay Johnson, but again, he's a desperation start at best. Like I said with Deontay Johnson, Pickens went balls deep in the Bengals, right? He went bananas. Four receptions on six targets for 195 yards and two scores. I think he shushed the camera in that game, but like, Everyone's, my agenda on George Pickens entering into the season, exactly what happened. Deontay Johnson's the guy. Pickens has a lot of upside. He's a great player, but he's never going to string it upon or string it along for multiple games. He hasn't. Um, Again, like a wise man once said, a broken clock is is, uh, right twice a day. And I believe that is the case with Pickens. I would not suggest starting him this week. Alan Robinson, uh, another guy just like Robert Woods, like you're not starting Alan Robinson 2023. Again, even if Deontay Johnson, George Pickens just didn't show up to the game, I'm not playing Al Robinson. DK Metcalf has been seeing less targets than I would appreciate. But even in a tough spot against the Steelers, I would have to think that Metcalf still finishes as a higher... Upper echelon wide receiver two, Metcalf is a guy that is incredibly hard to sit. And even in a tougher spot here, I would lean with him being a start at minimum. He should be a top 24 guy. Assuming that Gino steps things up because Gino did not look good last week. Tyler Lockett in my pocket. Skur is a start. He is one of the more boomer bust guys in the league, making him a mid-range wide receiver three weekly. He could just as easily be the wide receiver 10 as he could be the wide receiver 179. Lockett is a guy I would always find it hard to sit or just list him as a sit. But it's also hard to really, you know, give him that gawk gawk 9000 special and say he's like a must start because of how up and down he is. JSN has played decent recently, but against the Steelers' defense with Lockett and Metcalf there, I'm just not ambitious enough to start Jackson Smith, the especially with how Geno looked last week. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Now, Cortland Sutton left last week's game against the Patriots with a concussion, so he is far from a guarantee to suit up in this game. If he does, I would start him due to how safe he's been this season, but he's not a higher-end option. Then we got the other Denver guys, right? Maybe this is finally the week where Jerry Judy breaks out, finally has this... game this year and even if he is the wide receiver one if Sutton misses uh, I, I just don't I just can't do it I, I'm not doing it I'm not gonna get cute I'm not gonna play him I don't fucking trust this guy one bit I am just not willing to chance it this guy's he just sucked this season. He, he's terrible this season again in short terms too long didn't read he fucking sucked this year Marvin Mims I hope Mims explodes as this could be a big game here for him without Sutton but Nothing is pointed towards him seeing a drastic spike in volume with without Sutton, so I'm not going to play him. Joshua Palmer, last week, he saw a solid amount of targets, but only had five receptions on those eight targets for 47 yards. Palmer is a Hail Mary type of play, but as the clear-cut wide receiver one, assuming that Keenan Allen misses, it could go well against the Broncos, another fringe start type of guy. Quentin Johnston, QJ, will be the wide receiver two, assuming that Allen misses, but this fucker couldn't catch a ball if you handed it to him. Uh, you're not starting Mr. Butterfinger's QJ. Jalen Guyton is a two-tard and max guy on an Easton stick offense. For the love of the football gods. Do not play him. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, the penultimate game for week 17. So if you guys have enjoyed this far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Uh T. Higgins has been a top 10 wide receiver in two straight weeks as the wide receiver 10 in both games, which was kind of shocking because Jake Browning had a down game last week. And still, T. Higgins was eaten five receptions on eight targets for 140 yards and a touchdown against the KC defense. I think he can do it again and he'll be ranked as a top 12 guy for me. Tyler, yeah, Boyd had a fine game last week, but with Higgins playing at such a high caliber and with Browning potentially dipping down for the worst, I think you're better off just phasing away from anyone not named Higgins on the Bengals offense. Trenton Irwin went four for four like he was at Wendy's last week for 37 yards. I like how Irwin looks. Pause, I think he's got a funny name as well. Brokey mate Irwin. But you don't get fantasy points for looking like the Geico caveman, so I'm sitting him down. Rashi Rice. Now, this Chiefs offense fucking imploded on themselves. They blew themselves up from the inside. I'm sure Sean McDermott got a good lesson from that one, right? Last week against the Raiders on Christmas, it was bad. It was really bad. It was was really, really bad. I tried to do fucking Scooby-Doo, but I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm only good at a couple impressions. It's late at night. I'm a little bit tired, so impression wasn't as good and before when i sounded like i had no idea how to speak that's also probably why like if this video is being recorded maybe at 9 p.m instead of really late at night like it is right now probably would have went off a little bit better but he he had a bad game just 12 fantasy points now again this wasn't a game that sunk your battleship this wasn't a game that bent you over a table but based upon how rice has looked you were definitely disappointed 12 targets six receptions 57 yards even if the Chiefs look so dead in the water, I just can't bury Rice. I think he's going to end up as a top 12 receiver, like what we have came accustomed to recently. So I'm not panicking too much against the Bengals. Justin Watson scored last week against the Raiders, but that doesn't really change my opinion on him. Most weeks he gets around three targets, With the Chiefs offense looking straight up limp dick. I can't do it. MVS is another guy that can't even catch a common cold one target in back-to-back weeks. I think Mahomes is just fed up with this fucker. So he should be on your waivers. And I think he's going to end up cut from the Chiefs probably uh, next season. Or I don't know about his contract situation. I I don't see a reason why he'd be back next year. Sunday night football. Final game of the fantasy football season for most of you guys. Unless you're playing week 18. And if you play week 18, tell your commissioner to fucking figure out fantasy because you shouldn't be doing that. Green Bay Packers at the Code Like Minnesota Vikings. Now, Justin Jefferson, when he plays, you play Jefferson. And when Jefferson plays a defense that... Is this bad? Like up against the Packers, you are going to go to bed at night with a half chub, right? You're gonna be salivating in your sleep thinking about how Justin Jefferson, you're counting sheep in your head, right? And that that might be how many fucking fantasy points Justin Jefferson scores, right? Oh, 30 sheep, you know, 30 fantasy points for Jefferson wouldn't be shocking here, right? Against Detroit last week, he had six receptions on 10 targets for 141 yards and a touchdown. I love him as a top three receiver this week. KJ Osborne went off last week as the wide receiver 14 with 21 points against Detroit, but even against Green Bay without Addison, I can't play Osborne. We've fallen for this trap before with KJ Osborne. He has like one good game, and you know, like Jefferson was hurt early on in the season, and everyone's like giving the gawk gawk nine thousand special though Osborne, and then he doesn't do shit. So. I'm just going to gonna sit on Brandon Powell through receptions last week on four targets for 53 yards. He should be OK, but OK doesn't crack your lineup in a championship matchup. Jaden Riley Reid missed last week against Carolina with a toe and a chest injury. If he suits up this week, I would be ecstatic to start him as he has been a great option as a top 12 wide receiver in back to back weeks. He should be a low-end wide receiver, too, in my rankings, assuming that he plays. But again, that is far from a guarantee. The rest of the team, we got Romeo Dobbs. Now, last week, Dobbs was the wide receiver 20 against the Panthers. And I think if Reed doesn't play, Dobbs would slot in as the wide or not the wide receiver three, but as a wide receiver three. If Reed plays, I would rather just start Reed and stay away from the other Packers receivers. Dontavian Wicks. Hurt his chest last week, which sucked because that was going to be a big game for Wicks. Two for two for 29 yards and a score prior to the injury. If he plays against the Vikings, I would avoid him. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't have enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you hit the like button on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so, at NotoriousFNTSY. Make sure you check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. I love you guys all so much. I hope you have a great of guys' day. We'll be back later, maybe with a video. If not, there's going to be a video tomorrow. I love you guys all so much. Have a great one. And as always, good boy.